0: A number of years ago, the Lord spoke to me something specific. It was for me personally, but because you are here as people under my pastorate, mine and pastor's role as pastors, you get to benefit from it. He spoke to me. He said, "Be a joy professional. Be a joy professional." And what I I recognize is not to let joy be something that's just a hobby, but something that's my lifestyle. And I have endeavored to study on joy, to feed on teachings of joy, to celebrate and practice the flow of joy in my personal life ever since that time. And I will tell you the strength that comes to my spirit because of that decision and because of that yielding to that assignment is priceless. You cannot put a price tag on the shift that happens in your life when you are strengthened spiritually. You move to another, another level of dealing with things. Everything is easier to deal with when your spirit is strong. It's hard to go through things, just natural, normal things, if you're weak spiritually. But when you're strong, you'll find yourself dealing with things, and they're, they're just, you just overcome them. You just deal with it in the power and the strength that you have out of your spirit, and the joy keeps you full of strength. And so we've got to practice joy. And so I'm going to go to Psalm 68 and I want you to visit this verse with me. And I want us to really just give our focus at, here at the beginning at these verses 3 and verse 4 because there's more than meets the eye in these verses. Because a lot of times when you hear a sermon about joy, the purpose of the sermon is to get you to start laughing. And I'm all for that if that's what the Holy Spirit has. But I'm going to instruct you and equip you so that you can have joy, not just in this service. But I want your, you to, to recognize joy isn't just hilarious laughter. That is one expression of joy. But joy is a flow of my spirit. It might make me laugh. It might just make me deal with everything with a smile on my face. It might just keep me strong so that, but the rejoicing is something that will precede that level of joy. So we've got to be rejoicing throughout our day. Not, so, so my intent in for this message is to equip you to know how to behave tomorrow and the next day and the day after that. I'm not trying to elicit a response from you in this service. If you desire to respond with a rejoicing or joy, you are at liberty to do so. But that's not my intent. Amen? My intent is to instruct you on how to behave every day so that you can maintain your joy. That is a... a, Responsibility of every believer to maintain their joy. So let's look here at Psalm 68, verse 3. It says, let the righteous. Do I have anybody who's righteous in the house tonight? Any righteous here? We are the righteous. Why? Because Jesus became sin for us so that we could be made the righteousness of God. So this is us. This is our instruction. Let the righteous be glad let them be glad hallelujah let them be glad now this word glad I'm gonna just like I said there's more there more than meets the eye we say oh be glad okay I'm be glad what does it mean to be glad well if you look this word up in the original language it means to have a joyful cheerful countenance and so It would say it this way. Let the righteous be so glad and joyful that it overflows into their face. We want a joy that overflows onto your face. A cheerful countenance. Let them be glad. And let them rejoice before God. Let them rejoice before God. This word rejoice. It means to jump for joy, to jump for joy or to triumph, to triumph. Let the righteous be so glad and joyful that it overflows into their face and hands with laughter and praise. Let let them rejoice by jumping for joy with a triumphant expression before God. Hallelujah. This is how we act. Not not just because anything happens. But our joy is not a response to things that happen. That's called happiness. Joy is a response to who God is and he never changes. So my joy should not change. My triumph should not change. So let the righteous be glad... Let them be so glad that they are joyful and it overflows into their face and hands with laughter and praise. Let them rejoice by jumping for joy with a triumphant expression before God. Now you may have heard this before, but we know that someone asked Smith Wigglesworth what he did every day that kept him in a flow that kept him in a flow, Elizabeth. It kept him in a flow of the Holy Spirit. He had such a flow of power and such a flow of the presence of God in his life that there were numerous recorded instances that people were raised from the dead in his ministry. I mean, recorded. It wasn't just somebody said that they heard that they said. No, there were it was recorded. And they asked him, what do you do? And he said, every day, the first thing I do when my feet hit the floor is I dance before the Lord. He got up with a triumphant jumping and triumphing in his praise to God. Not because of anything that happened, but just because God is who God is. Jesus is who Jesus is to me. Amen? Amen. So let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yes, let them exceeding rejoice. Now this first rejoice that we read, it said to jump for joy. But now we have exceedingly rejoice. So the word exceedingly means with glee or gladness or mirth. We don't use the word mirth very much anymore that's an old english word mirth but glee or gladness would be one that we could identify with so that's the word exceeding so in other words this is you might even say giddy giddy you know if someone is giddy they're with excitement they're giggly they're 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 jumping with joy. They're excited. There's just so, it's hard to hold it back because they're giddy about it. So this word, exceeding, means that mirth, that glee, that gladness. But then the next word for rejoice, it means to leap, to spring, or to be bright. And we had jumping a moment ago, but now this means to leap. We've got some work to do. We've got some work to do. Our houses, our homes, our person. I mean, we're not talking about dancing for somebody or jumping for somebody or leaping for somebody. This is for Him. This is how we rejoice. These are descriptions of rejoicing. So sometimes if, if you hear, uh, if you hear an instruction, Oh, let's rejoice in the Lord not rejoicing. Clapping is only mentioned pertaining to people one time in the Bible and it's not an instruction to worship God with a, with an applause. Applause is what I give people. I would not walk in and look at sister Carrie and say, "Sister Carrie, I just lift my hands in honor of you." Right? This is for one purpose only, to honor God. This honors people, right? So this isn't rejoicing. This isn't rejoicing. And according to these verses, rejoicing is jumping, triumphing, leaping, springing, gladness that's overflowing into my face, Into my hands. Hallelujah. That's what the righteous, this is how the righteous roll. This is how the righteous roll. This is how we roll. This is how we act. This is how the righteous behave. We're no no blue Mondays. No stormy Mondays. No hump Wednesdays in my life. No freaky Fridays. Now, every day is a day that the Lord has made. What do we do in the day that the Lord has made? Oh, I'm jumping. I'm leaping. I'm triumphing. I've got joy that's overflowing into my face every day. Why? Because God made this day. God made this day. This is a day that the Lord has made. I know how to act now. I know how I should be behaving. Let the righteous be glad. So joyful that it overflows into their face. We don't have to ask you. We can look at you and tell of the gladness. We can tell why the joy of the Lord has overflowed into your face. Hallelujah. Let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Triumphing, jumping for joy with a triumphant expression. You know what that means? Hallelujah, I win! Triumph means I win. I win! I win! I'm on the winning side! I'm an overcomer! Hey, I'm an overcomer! By the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Triumphant, leaping. Let them leap up and down, springing around the room with a bright, cheerful, festive hilarity, glad and jovial, merry and laughing. I'm giving you all the definitions that go with these words. That's what that last phrase, let them exceedingly rejoice. Let them leap up and down, springing around the room. Springing around the room. Amen. Woo! Not dragging around the room. Gloom, despair, agony on me. Oh, deep dark depression. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm leaping around the room. Why? I'm on the winning side. Hallelujah. And then it says, verse 4 Sing unto God. I love this. One day, one of my when when uh, uh, my third child, when she was younger, she loved musicals. She would she liked to watch all the musicals, you know, where they would sing and everything like that. One day, she said to me, "Mom, I wish life could be a musical, that everybody could just bust it." Well, hey, hey, for the righteous, I'm about to tell y'all what this word really means. And you're going to find out that life for us is indeed a musical. God. This word means a strolling minstrel. You know what a strolling minstrel was? One who walked around singing, just walking around. You know, how many of you have ever saw that old Disney movie with the, uh, um, Robin Hood and, and the guy with the banjo, and he's every—it was—he was the narrator, but he's always walking around with his banjo, the little chicken or rooster or something like that. As, he was the strolling minstrel. Well, you and I are God's strolling minstrels. We we stroll around singing in His honor. That's the other part of that definition. So it says, sing unto God as a strolling minstrel, singing in God's honor. Isn't that what the New Testament tells us? To make a melody in our heart to the Lord? Nobody can sing to Him like you can sing to Him. I'm not talking about you recording. You don't have to sell an album. This isn't for, listen, God's not interested in the tone. He's interested in the joy sound. It says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. As long as there's joy in it, it sounds beautiful to God's ears. It doesn't have to be in the right key. It doesn't have to be, it, you know, it, it doesn't matter if it's flat or, or, or off a little bit. If there's joy in it, God says, that sounds wonderful. So it says, making joy. It says, uh, sing unto God as a strolling minstrel, singing in God's honor. And then it says, sing praises to his name. And this word is a different word for singing. You know, there's a lot of different words that show singing and praising. This one is a word that means touching the strings and making music accompanied by your voice. So musicians are, are using this verb when they are Worshiping, playing music. It says touching the strings, making music accompanied by your by your voice. Hallelujah. And then it uses this word that we don't use very often. It's this word extol. Extol. Now, I've never used it outside the Bible. Have you? Have you ever used extol? Well, we need to know what it means. If we're supposed to extol him... How do I extol him if I don't even know what extol means, right? So the word means to raise up or exalt. So we could see extol and exalt. They're kind of got some of the same word, uh, letters in the word, right? It means to exalt or to raise up. One translation says, casting up a highway for him. That's the amplified. Casting up a highway for him. How do I extol him? With my praises. My praises make a road that he can travel into my situation through. It it lays down a path for God to come in with his glory, with his majesty, with his power into my situation, into my atmosphere. So it says... Cast up a highway for him. It says extol. And so when I look this up with the, the Strong's Concordance, it says using your words to raise him up, exalting God with commendations and formal recognition of his achievements. Let it be on record that God is the one who brought me out. It's the Lord that set me free. God is the one who set my feet on a solid rock. God is the one who rescued my life from destruction. Let it be on record. I'm giving formal recognition. Hallelujah. We're talking about rejoicing. These are all things that are included in rejoicing. Rejoicing. Extolling God is, is lifting or raising Him up with commendations. Formal recognition of his achievements. You know, commendations they give to certain... In in the military, they'll give commendations for, for achievements in battle. Purple heart, that's a commendation. We're giving God his commendations, his formal recognitions for all that he's done for us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. His praiseworthy deeds... Then it says, extol him that rides upon the heavens by his name and rejoice before him. That's the jumping for joy verse again. So this is all included in our behavior, in our rejoicing. This is a great description of how we are to rejoice. So rejoicing is not just jumping. Rejoicing is not just singing. Rejoicing can include recognizing God for what He's done, verbally expressing thanks to Him for how He has saved us, what He's done in our children's life, how He's moved. And I'll tell you, when you start talking to God about what He's done, it'll stir you up. You'll get yourself stirred up and your faith will rise. I heard Brother Hagan say one time, he said, if you want to have a, ro- a robust faith, constantly talk about what God's done for you. If you want to have a robust, strong faith, continually talk about what God has done for you. Hallelujah. Because when you start talking about what he's done, it just stirs you up. He did that. Yes, he did. I remember that now. And you know, it is so easy for the situation and the circumstance and daily life and all the things going on. For you to get over there in the, the wrong mindset, the wrong thought patterns of, of what's going on, how it feels. You've got to break that. And one of the greatest ways to break it is to continually operate these different varieties of rejoicing. Sometimes it might be singing. Sometimes you might need to jump around your room. Yes, sometimes you might need to jump around your room. Not in front of everybody. Close the curtains if you want to. (laughs) Hallelujah. But then sometimes it's going to be given this formal recognition of what God's done for you. Let's go to Psalm 89 and let's look at verse 15. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. Hallelujah. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. Hallelujah. There are times, I remember when Sister Candy LaFlora was here with us. She and I were in here in the green room talking before service. And it was about the time that they were going to come out here and, and do a little bit of, I don't know if they were going over a song or whatever, but Minister King hit one chord on the piano and her whole, her whole face changed. When the music just just shifted her. There have been times that even tonight we stepped out here, we had two other different songs we were going to do. But that, that one note just just moves us over. That, at atmosphere, we began to pray and the Holy Spirit just shifted us in another direction. When you know the joyful sound, you have the key to change the atmosphere. You can, have you ever walked into a room where people were arguing? And you, knew, you didn't have to hear them argue, you just knew they were arguing. By the atmosphere, you could, you could feel the tension in the air. Because of their disagreement. And you walked in on the middle of it, you didn't hear their words, but you could sense in the atmosphere the disagreement. Joyful sounds are how we adjust the atmosphere to fit our victory. You need to control the atmosphere of your life. This is how. You bring the presence of God into the atmosphere of your home, your car, in your innermost being, you maintain that sound of joy, that victory. Joy is a victory sound. You know, the reason when they would take the Ark of the Covenant into battle with them, and all of the people of God would shout, The enemy would quiver. The enemy was fearing. Why? Because they heard the shout of victory before the battle had ever started. Why? Why were they shouting victory? The presence of the Lord is with us. If we have the Ark of the Covenant, we have God with us. Well, how much more those of us who are indwelt by the presence of God, you are the temple of God. The Holy One greater is He who is in you. Everywhere you go, God's with you. You don't walk into any situation that He's not right there with you. So, blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. Why? Because with that joyful sound, I am alerting myself. All of the angels with me and any enemy who might be in the vicinity to hear me. I'm already in the position of victory. I'm not trying to get the victory. I'm already in victory in Christ. Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. Hallelujah. The the, uh, message Bible Says, blessed are those who know the passwords of praise. The password, I got the password. I can open the app. I can use that device. Why? Well, I know the password. I can unlock the safe. I know the password. I bless. He says, praise is the password that unlocks things. Blessed are those who know the password of praise. The, The word in the concordance is defined this way. The joyful sound is an alarm, a signal, a shout of war or joy, a battle cry, a loud noise, a battle cry, not a threat. A joyful sound is... My victory sound. Amen? Hallelujah. What's going to happen to these people who know the joyful sound? They will walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. They will walk in the light of your countenance. In other words, every step I take, I'm going to have... The light of God's countenance is a reference to favor. God's looking favorable on my life. Why? I know the joyful sound. In your name shall they rejoice all the day. They shall rejoice all the day. Now, this word rejoice means to go in a circle, to leap for joy, to spin around. In your name, they're going to spin around rejoicing, leaping for joy all the day. Why? I'm in the victory. And in your righteousness they shall be exalted, for you are the glory of their strength. Do you see a connection between joy and strength? I mean, we know what Nehemiah 8.10 says, but now we have a testimony to what Nehemiah 8.10 says. The joy of the Lord is their strength. The joy of the Lord, he says, you are the glory of their strength, and in your favor, our horn shall be exalted. That's another reference to victory. So I want you to see joy not as a response only to when good things come. I want you to see joy as a means to turn things. Joy is a force to turn it. I'm going to give you some examples, okay? Let's look at Psalm 30 and verse 11. If you want to turn something, you're going to need the strength to move it. You're going to need the strength of God to turn it. And God uses joy to change the direction of our lives, God uses joy to shift that direction. Psalm 30 and verse 11 You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. How did he turn it? Joy. I went from mourning to dancing. I went from sackcloth, which is a sign of, of, of sadness and, and repentance. I, I went from the sackcloth to gladness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So there was a turn. God turned my mourning into dancing. Isaiah chapter 61. Let's look at another example. Isaiah 61. And we'll look at verse 3. Kenneth E. Hagin made the statement. He said, I rejoice more when I am... In in encountering difficult situations, I'm, I'm rejoicing and purposefully rejoicing in the face of those situations more than I would just when things are going great. Not that he didn't rejoice when God did great things for him, but he recognized joy was a way to deal with that adversity. It was a way to shift that adversity into the direction he wanted it to go. So Isaiah 61, verse 3. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. And Zion is a picture of the church. To give unto them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they might be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. That he might be glorified. So... For God to be glorified, he's got to turn the mourning into dancing. He's got to appoint the the beauty for the ashes. He's got to appoint the oil of joy instead of the mourning. He's got to dress them in the garments of praise. He said, when you come into my presence, he says, we enter into his presence with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. We don't enter in. To his presence, sad and down, he said, that's not appropriate. When you come into my presence, thankfulness is the entry point. You want to get yourself stirred up? You want to shift the atmosphere in your home? Start thanking God. Thank you, Lord, that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. If you can't think of anything else, there's your good point to start at. Right there. My name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'm not going to hell. I'm going to heaven. Eternal life is in me now. Thank you, Lord. And then start from there and begin to rehearse and be thankful for all that God has done for you. And you'll find yourself in His presence and then you'll be praising Him, and you'll, be, you'll find yourself in a greater atmosphere of His presence, and then you'll move into that recognition of how holy He is, how worthy He is, and you'll be worshiping Him because when you acknowledge, when you, when you begin with thanksgiving, acknowledging everything He's done, that's the entry point, but that's not the end for you. He wants you into that place where your joy is full. And in His presence, there's fullness of joy. In His presence. So Psalm 61 talks about this change of direction. From beauty to ashes. The oil of joy turning into... Uh, or the, the oil of joy replacing the morning. The garment of praise replacing the spirit of heaviness. And then God is glorified. By that, let's look at Psalm one twenty six. Joy is a force that God uses to change the direction of things in our lives, and you are you are free to rejoice at any moment of any day. That means if you if you find yourself maybe because of what somebody else is doing, decisions they have made, you find yourself uh, encountering the spirit of heaviness, take it off. Put it away from you. That's not my clothes. I don't wear that. I put on the garment of praise. I'm putting it on. You're you're not obligated to their atmosphere. You can be full of joy. You can have gladness overflowing onto your face and into your hands. Regardless of their decisions and their attitudes and what's going on around you. Hallelujah. Psalm 126. Yeah. Hallelujah. Verse 1. When the Lord turned. Woo! God is turning some things. How is He turning it? With the joy in your spirit. When the Lord turned. Again, the captivity of Zion. We were like them. That dream. Then. Then. Then, when, when the Lord turned it, then, was our mouth filled. (laughs) Filled with laughter. Filled with laughter. And our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord. See this commendation I'm about to give formal recognition. The Lord has done great things for me. The Lord has done great things for me. Whereof we are glad. Hallelujah. You see how joy was instrumental in this turn? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Passion Translation says, We laughed and laughed and overflowed with gladness. We laughed and laughed and overflowed with gladness. Hallelujah. The Wycliffe translation says, Then our mouth was filled with joy, and our tongue with full out joying. Now see, we don't use joying like a verb. What are you doing today? I am joying. But in Spanish, there's a verb for joying. Gozar. I, and, and you can say, I rejoice myself. I joy myself. Gozar me, right? I joy myself. I think we need to we need to just go ahead. They had it in the old English right here, full out joying. I, joy myself in the Lord. I am joying today. I joy myself in the Lord. Lord, Hallelujah. Full, my, my tongue was filled with full out joying. What are you going to sound like when your tongue is filled with full-out joying? Not, not half-portion joying, not, not a quarter tank of joying, but when your tongue is filled with full-out joying. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Glory. Hallelujah. It was a turn. Then was our mouth filled, our tongue. Glory to God. Isaiah 35. Isaiah 35. I'm telling you, this is our our behavior. Nobody else can, can accurately joy like the person who has been washed in the blood. Nobody can joy like a redeemed person can joy. Nobody can joy like a, a sanctified, blood-washed person can, can joy. Isaiah 35, verse 10. And the ransomed of the Lord. Do you have anybody who's, He's paid your ransom? I, I was, I was, I was held in bondage, but He ransomed me. He ransomed me out of addiction. He ransomed me out of a life of destruction. He ransomed me from the the gates of hell. He ransomed me. And the ransom of the Lord, this this is how we do. We come to church, Zion. We come to Zion with songs. An everlasting joy upon our heads. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. (laughs) This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. It's everlasting joy. I have an eternal joy. This is a spiritual force, this isn't just happiness. This isn't something just tickled my fancy. This isn't just something that just happened to me that's making me feel a certain way. No, I have a flow. I have a force. With, with, with joy, I draw water out of the wells of my salvation. With joy, I draw out healing out of the wells of my healing. With joy, I draw water Out of the wells of my rescue, my salvation. How do I get that out of my salvation well? With joy I draw it. With joy I draw it. Hallelujah. Everlasting joy is on my head. Everlasting joy. This is how I enter into the presence of the Lord. This is how I come to Him. This is how I I live my life. This is how we walk. This is how we run. This is how we live. Everlasting joy. Everlasting joy. Why? Because, listen, my joy is not based on what happened. My joy is based on Him. And He never changes. So my joy never has to change. Joying. My full-out joying. Hallelujah. We come to Zion. We come to church with songs and everlasting joy upon our heads. We shall obtain joy and gladness. And what happens? What happens? What happens when joy is your mainstay? Sorrow and sighing. They are exited from the building. Escorted out. Of the building. Glory to God. Adios. Sorrow and sighing. <sighs> Listen, when you stir yourself up with joy throughout the day, you're not going to end your day with... <sighs> What's the matter with you? No, 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 no. Escort the sorrow and the sighing out the door. Why? I have obtained joy and gladness. Sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Hallelujah. 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 We're talking about our lifestyle. We're talking about how we behave. This is how we we shift or change the direction, and this is how we maintain the direction. You can live a life of joy every day, which means you're living a life of strength every day, and you're maintaining an atmosphere where God can work in that situation by doing so. All right. Let's see it in action. Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. You know, Paul was minding his own business, doing what the Lord told him to do preaching, sharing the good news, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's what Paul was doing. Paul was preaching. And he cast the spirit out of this girl who was demon-possessed. And the people who were making money because she was telling people's fortunes by that demon-possession, they got mad about it. And they started rumors and lies about the Apostle Paul and, and Silas and had them arrested, beaten... And thrown in the innermost part of the prison. Now you would think that Paul and Silas would have had something to sorrow and sigh about. They could have said what I just said. We were doing what God told us to do. Why are we dealing with this difficult situation? Why is this happening to me? How how come I'm doing what God told me to do? Now listen to me, listen. If you've missed it somewhere, God's going to tell you. Don't waste time trying to find out where did I miss it? Where did I miss it? Where did. Sometimes it's just an attack. And they say, why? Why did this happen to me? There's a devil loose. That's why. So if you know you haven't missed it, just get over into a place of strength, and overcome the situation. Now, how are Paul and Silas going to overcome this situation? Their hands and their feet are in stocks. They can't do anything in the natural. They can't do anything in the, the, the condition that they've been placed in. They are in a situation that they didn't do anything wrong lies that other people have told have put them in this place where they are. But are they feeling sorry for themselves? No. Are they, are they agonizing over their situation? No. What are they doing? Let's look at verse 25. Acts 16, 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and. They prayed and. Sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. So this isn't a little silent, quiet, whisper, prayer meeting. Where we're just going to pray over here in the corner by ourselves. They are Lifting up their voices, they are singing praises unto God in a place that stinks with every breath. You know, they're singing a praise and then taking a deep breath to get their next note in the innermost dungeon. They, they're, they've got their feet and their hands in stocks, but they're not letting that hinder their diaphragm from belting it out. Singing praises unto God. Singing praises unto God. Loud enough that the prisoners, the other prisoners, can hear them. And suddenly, remember, casting up a highway for him. Extolling God. Casting up a highway for him. (laughs) In the middle of a situation that everybody says it would be okay. Okay. If you felt bad right now. It would be okay. We would understand. You know what glorifies God? I exalt you. I exalt. Can you hear the worship, the praises that are going on in this prison? And suddenly, there was an earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And what happened? Immediately, all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. Hallelujah. Did God turn the situation? Did God turn? Do you think it would have turned out that same way without the praying and the singing? I don't think so. I think that the joy provided an atmosphere that God was able to work and bring the liberty. Amen? Hallelujah. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Now, James was the half brother of Jesus. After Jesus had ascended, He became influential in the body of Christ. And when the persecution began against the Christians, uh, he was one that they reached out to for guidance. And that's what we're seeing here in this beginning of this epistle of James. He says in verse 2, My brethren... My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Diverse means multifaceted, it it is the attack that comes from every direction, not just from this side of the family, but from this area in the finances from this situation going on in, in, in the job, all of these multifaceted, all of this difficulty, all of this hardship, all of these different things. He said, how are you supposed to act when all of these different things you're having to deal with, when you fall into? That word fall into is descriptive. The only other place it's used in the New Testament is when it talks about that man who fell among thieves, and was beaten and left for dead, and the good Samaritan finally came and and rescued him. It's the word that's the word used. So he fell among thieves. When you fall, it, it means that it it, it you were just minding your own business. Going through life, just, just doing what you know to do for God and, and you fall into, why is this happening to me and why is this situation going on and why am I having to deal with this right now? When you fall into situations like that, you need to know how to act. He said, when you fall into situations, all those multifaceted attacks and hardships, this is what you do. Count it all joy. He's not saying, look at this situation and say, oh, well, I'm I'm just going to rejoice about it. Not rejoicing about it. He said, no, no, no. This is time for maximum joy. Consider it time to turn the joy level up to full blast. I'm not rejoicing about the difficulty. I'm rejoicing about the God of my breakthrough, the God of my victory, the God of my healing, the God of my provision, the God who holds me in the palm of His hand, the God who who, who orders and directs my steps. That's who I'm joying about. Consider it time for maximum joy. Not time to look at the problem, not time to try to figure out how to fix it, it's time for you to joy. It's joying time. Maximum joy. So here's your assignment. Joy in the morning, joy at noontime, joy when the sun goes down. <laughs> yeah. That's your assignment. It, it's joy time. It's time for maximum joy. I've got to crank the joy level to the full maximum level and make sure that I stay strong To overcome every situation. Because if I begin to worry. What's going to happen? All that spiritual energy is going to just drain out. If I begin to let that heaviness weigh on me. All that spiritual energy. It's just going to drain it. But if I will rejoice. I'll stay strong. So he said. Consider it. Time for maximum joy. And that's how the Berkeley translation says it. Consider it maximum joy. Count it all joy. Hallelujah. Count it all joy. Verse 3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. Now, God's not producing patience by putting you through things. Patience is already in you. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And patience is the ability to endure Without changing. And so these situations and circumstances, you've got to respond out of your spirit with patience, with faith, and with joy. Joy is a fruit of the spirit. Every fruit of the spirit. If you read my book, Pressure, no problem. Every fruit of the spirit is designed to put you over in life. You've got to cultivate the fruit of the Spirit. It's not just going to automatically uh, uh, yield an abundance of fruit. It could if you'll cultivate it. And joy, that's what we're talking about, how to cultivate joy. How to maintain your joy. So when you're dealing with things, joy is the response. Because joy is how we're going to turn it. Now, I, I quoted it, but I want you to look at Isaiah 12. And I'm trying to find a place where, where we can un- pause. We'll just say we'll pause till my next opportunity is if the Lord desires. Isaiah 12, let's look at verse 2. So he said, when you fall into diverse, multifaceted temptations, difficulties, hardships, what are you supposed to do? Consider it time for maximum joy. You're going to have to amp up the joy. As you overcome those things. Isaiah 12 shows us how we draw the help of God out of the spirit realm into our situation. I'm just going to go ahead and begin in verse 1 of Isaiah 12. In that day you will say, in that day you'll say, Oh Lord, I will praise you. Though you are angry with me, your anger is turned away and you comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. Do you see the praise, the worship, the joying? God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. So we see praise. We see the joy. The rejoicing. In those first two verses. And then... The word therefore is how verse 3 begins. Therefore, or that is why. Why? Because you are praising because of that worship. That is why. With joy, because you've made the Lord your strength and your song. He is your salvation. With joy, you shall draw water out of the wells of salvation. So salvation is is a full, complete provision. The word salvation in both the Old Testament and the New Testament are loaded words. It is, for instance, uh, the word soteria in the New Testament, and it it means rescue, it means uh, restoration, it means healing, it means deliverance, it is it is a multifaceted word. Whatever your life needs salvation from. You need salvation from sickness, salvation is available. You need salvation from financial hardship? Salvation is available. Salvation. And so he said, This salvation is available. How do I get it out of my covenant account? And into manifestation in my life. I need it working in this relationship. I need it working in this financial area. I need it. How do I get it out? He said, You have a supernatural container. You have a container that will reach down into this well and draw out of this well. Where nothing else is going to reach it. Joy will reach it. Nothing else can access it, but joy can access it. Begging's not going to access it. Needing is not going to access it, but joy will access it. Hallelujah. So he says this joy is like a container or a bucket that you can drop down into the well of God's provision for your life and you can draw it out. You can draw out what you need. With joy, you shall draw water out of the wells of salvation. And in that day, you shall say, praise the Lord. Call upon his name. Declare his doings among the people. These are all separate actions of worship and joy and enjoying praise the lord number two call upon his name number three declare his doings among the people number four make mention that his name is exalted number five sing unto the lord for he has done excellent things cry out and shout You inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One in the midst of me. Hallelujah. So do you see, this is how we deal with situations. How we draw the salvation out of our well. Okay, last but not least, Isaiah 64. And then I'm going to hit my pause button real quick. So we can honor the Lord with our tithe and our offering tonight. Isaiah 64, let's look at verse 5. And y'all might need to hold Brother James back. He might run on this one. Don't hold him back. Just run with him. If he runs, just run with him, all right? Isaiah 64, 5, you meet him. (laughs) Can you see God getting off his throne and coming down to meet you? You meet him. You meet him that rejoices. You meet him. Hallelujah. In other words, you don't have to come all the way to me. I'll meet you halfway. You come with that smile on your face. You come with that joy in your mouth. You come with that sound of victory on you. I'll just get up and meet you halfway. I'll just come on down from my throne and say, Oh, come on, let me help you out. He meets me. Hallelujah. You meet him that rejoices and works righteousness Those that remember you in thy ways. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Young's Living says, you have met with the rejoice. The New International says, you did come out to meet him. And there's another translation, the ISV. It says, you come to the aid of him that rejoices. You come to the aid of him that rejoices. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Pause. You see me? I hit that pause button right there. Thank you, Lord. Now we know our homework, don't we? We've got to maintain our joy. We've got to maintain our joy. He meets him that rejoices.